Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Welcome to the Midlife Mail Podcast, a podcast designed to help men maximize middle age and live healthier, wealthier, stronger, and happier. I am Greg Scheinman, and I'm inviting you to join the thousands of men who listen each week, receive my Midlife Mail newsletter, and are committed to making this next phase of life our best phase. If you have not yet downloaded my No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife, where I break down the three principles to maximizing middle age and taking back some of that shit you've given up, head on over to midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. Guys are loving these three principles to maximizing middle age, and you can download your copy today at midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. All right, guys, here we go. Greg Shining with you. It is another week, another Midlife Mail podcast. And this week, I am ecstatic to bring to you my friend, my mentor, uh, somebody I'm working very closely with and going to be launching a group coaching platform uh, with, with him joining me in the very near future, Paul Epstein on the show today. Paul is a former NFL and NBA business executive, leadership and culture expert, and a best-selling author and keynote speaker. I actually met Paul first at Three Ring Circus, their boot camp out in Detroit, where keynote speakers go to level up and take their game to the next level. And aspiring keynote speakers like myself go to figure out whether this is something we want to do, can do, and how to do it with the best of the best. And it was an incredible experience overall. Paul and I clicked out there. We agreed to help one another in various areas. Um, And we've been speaking weekly since that course. So we're going to get into a little bit about that um, and how you find like-minded guys and how you find your purpose and not just your why, but your how and how that integrates into what Paul does in the six F's in midlife men. And he speaks to men, women, and executives all over the country. I'm going to give you a little bit more background on Paul as we get into this. He spent nearly 15 years as a pro sports executive for multiple NFL and NBA teams, a global sports agency, and the NFL League office. He transformed numerous NBA teams from the absolute bottom in league revenue to top two in financial performance, and he's broken every premium revenue metric in Super Bowl history as the NFL's sales leader. He's also opened a billion-dollar stadium, helped save the New Orleans NBA franchise, and founded the San Francisco 49ers Talent Academy, where he became known as the Y Coach. To amplify this impact, I love that word, Paul has since installed his leadership and high-performance playbook with Fortune 500 leaders, founders, and CEOs, MBAs, and professional athletes. And as a global keynote speaker, he's a number one best-selling author of The Power of Playing Offense and host of the Playmakers on Purpose podcast. He explores how living and working with a focus on leadership, culture, and purpose can transform organizations and individuals anywhere to unleash their full potential. And when he is not on stage, he's putting his insights to daily practice, serving as chief impact officer for Purpose Point, host of the world's largest purpose summit. And he's the chief purpose advisor for the Y Institute, the world's fastest way to discover your purpose, and on a mission to inspire leaders and lives to meet the unique challenges of our era. Hard-pressed to figure out how Paul has time to talk to me with all of this going on, but he does, and he is here, and he is joining me on the Midlife Mail podcast, so let's get to it with Paul Epstein. My friend, confidant, coaching partner, if you will, mentor, I mean, the list could go on. Paul Epstein is here. Welcome, buddy. Thanks so much, brother. I'm fired up to have this convo. We first met in Detroit. Okay, at Three Ring Circus, keynote mm-hmm. speakers kind of boot camp. Um, 
And by the way, I'll tell you, for me, this was an intimidating room. You were already a successful, prominent keynote speaker on top of being, I'll just boast you up a little bit here. Guys, bear with me. This guy's resume is really impressive. It's long, and I'm just going to hit you with a few, <laughs> a few highlights here. Best-selling author, leadership and personal mastery expert, podcast host of Playmakers, and former business executive at both the NFL and NBA. So pretty stellar stuff. And I walk into this room in Detroit with a lot of heavy hitters, including yourself. Um, and you were just just super gracious and super kind and generous with your time and making me feel welcome. And I just appreciate it so much. I wanted to say thank you because we hit it off. And uh, quite frankly, now we're talking more than I talk to my kids, okay? It seems like- <laughs> So yeah, I know we're going to, I know you're all about the six F. So maybe that's a good pulse check on that. But look, man, I'll, I'll say this, the honor and the feeling is mutual because while I, I get it and thank you for the kind and warm introduction, if I can live up to half of that, then we're going to have an amazing partnership and relationship. And of course this combo, but when I meet guys like you, it's crazy because I heard, so we both published our book through the same publisher in Amplify. And so Naren, who's the CEO, tells me about a guy. I didn't know your name. And he says, there's a guy and he's got these six Fs and this guy's figured out life and he's got the keys. And so anyways, when I met you, it was really cool that I said, oh, shoot, I think I've been hearing about this cat for months now. And so look, man, I, I think for everyone listening in, the benefit of what we're vibing on back and forth is surround yourself with like-minded and like-hearted people that are trying to level up in the same ways that you are. And that is the fuel for life. I, I could not agree more with that. Um, so guys, if you're listening to this and it sounds like this little bro fest of like, you know, pumping one another up and all that, I do want to stress the importance and the value of feel. And Paul and I are going to talk about this too. Um, we're going to get into why, we're going to get into purpose. Okay. We're going to get into a number of different things, but also the power of of feel, you know, how you make people feel, how they perceive mm. you, how you want to be perceived when you enter a room, you know, around certain types of people. Do they fill your tank? Do they empty it? You know, are you attracting them? Are you repelling? You know, and this can be, again, we'll touch on this good, good and bad. So there's really something to this because just to give you, you know, the two minute snapshot, you make somebody feel good, they make you feel good. That's a recipe for success. You're going to take that energy into a lot of other things throughout your day. Again, versus, and we all know these people too, they just suck the energy and life you know, right out of you <laughs> and avoid that. Like absolutely avoid that at all costs because as much as the power of positivity is true, that that negative vortex that you can easily get sucked down into just really keeps you Mm-hmm. kind of from living the life that that you deserve and then a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. So maybe we just start there, buddy, with yeah. let's talk about, you know, you have a concept, head, heart, hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this this is really a game changer, you know, here too. And when we get into feel, talk to us a little bit about kind of how this came to be and how and how you're deploying this message. Yeah. So I definitely want to come back in a quick minute to head, heart, hands and hang out there for a little bit. But let me just tackle a few things that you said building up to it, which I think are spot on. So one, I'll give a shout out to a great friend, a fellow speaker, thought leader, John Gordon, who coined this thing called energy vampires. So when you talk about positive energy and negative energy, energy vampires, we all we're surrounded by them every day. The hope is that they're not in our house. The hope is they're not directly in our working team, but regardless, People are people. And so we all have moments where maybe we can show up as that energy vampire and shame on us, right? Because I always say, every time that you walk in a room, one of two things happen. You either warm it up or you cool it off. The question is, are you even aware of your own temperature? So for everybody listening in right now, when you walk in a room, intention Am I showing up with positive energy? And I'm not talking airy-fairy fake stuff. I'm, I'm not talking fake it till you make it. I'm talking like real stuff where you're showing up because you care. You're showing up because you want to help people. You want to serve. You have pride in how 
you are viewed and how you show up. And so I just want to, you know, spend a, a couple seconds on that piece of it because it all blends into the whole concept of how you make people feel. And I know there's uh, famous quotes out there that talk about people will forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And that was one of those things where I think the most important that you need to listen to and understand in terms of how they interpret how you make them feel is yourself. If you're not having the conversation with yourself about how you make yourself feel, then you're not even in the game. Like we're so focused on what other people think and this outside noise and these external circumstances, which by the way, we have very little control of. At best, we influence it. You can't control what anybody else thinks or feels. So the only ownership you truly do own is yourself. And so I thought about this framework. You said head, heart, hands. So think about head is conquering your mindset. Heart is being true to that inner burn, that passion, that thing that lights you up and just being authentic to your heart set. And then the hands is the action that follows to live your life on purpose. When your head and your heart are on board, that's a green light for action. You do that consistently, that's a, a winning streak that you want versus part of why I'm writing my upcoming book, which won't launch until 23, but it's really about connecting your head, your heart, and your hands to achieve this life on purpose, to achieve personal mastery. And what I'm really trying to get folks to do, Greg, is stop running red lights in your life. We're all running so many red lights because we're not checking in with our head. We're not checking in with our heart. We just move forward with action and we're not even asking ourselves, do I think this is a good idea? Why is my mind on board with this? Second layer, the heart, which we'll hang out here, the feel. Do I feel, do I have a deeper emotional reason to want to do this? And so some examples are with head, heart, hands. Why do most New Year's resolutions call quits in the month of January? You're lucky to make it to Feb 1. My argument is because your head says I should lose some weight. My sweaters are a little snug. I overate during the holidays. All right, cool. That's what your head says. But if you don't have a heart-based reason to stick with that fight, of change. Habit change is hard, man, as you know, as everybody listening in knows. And so what's the deeper burn? What's the deeper reason? Ed Milet, who many listening in are probably familiar with, amazing, one of my favorite podcasts, thought leaders, the whole deal. Ed shares a story. Some folks may have heard it, but it's worth repeating. Basically, he's a physically chiseled dude, like looks like a pro athlete, coaches many pro athletes, the whole deal. So from the outside, he looks perfect. But on the inside, he wasn't doing so well. So he goes to the doc and the doc says, holy smokes, Ed, we got to have a serious conversation here. He said, I know you already have one kid. Remind me, you have a second on the way, right? He said, yeah, boy or girl. Ed says girl. And the doctor challenged Ed and said, do you want to be the man that walks her down the aisle? And when he said that, Ed committed deeply from his heart to say, I'm not trying to lose weight or do these external things related to my health. I'm trying to walk my daughter down the aisle and I'm going to have to be healthy and living and thriving in 20, 30 years from now to have that walk. And when you can, that's purpose, man. Like this all ties together. So you want to talk about how you make people feel starting with self. You know, the doctor challenged Ed but he had to meet him at the 50. He had to step into that space. So that's an example of unless your head and your heart are mutually on board, that's a green light for action. That's why you proceed with your hands. Mm. It's great. It's great stuff. And so spot on in regards to, you know, having quantitative have goals, you know, having actual things that you want to do, that you want to be there for, that you want to experience versus that general of, mm, I want to get in, let's say better shape, or I want to mm -hmm. make a little bit more money, or I want, we all want these things easy again, to throw generalities around. Again, we want to have more money. We want to eat a little bit better. We want to spend more time with our family. You can pile on the generalities of what we 
want to do. But what we really are diving into is combining the why with the how mm-hmm. ah, here too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And what I want to go with this is you do a, a great why assessment also. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are on top of being a purpose guy, you're a why guy, and we got to find out the why. And I want to talk about the assessment, but also where you go into with purpose in these other areas and identify really closely with this is in the implementation and the execution of the how. Okay. And mm-hmm. that, and that combination really is powerful when you can identify who you are, what you stand for, how you show up, align and connect them. And then, mm-hmm bring in the how, and we'll get into the benefits and the problems that we're solving, okay, with this notion of we will teach you how, you know? Yeah, I love where you're bringing us because I think both are critical, but I also think the order of why and how is non-negotiable, just my personal take. Mm -hmm. I believe that when your why is strong enough, you will figure out the how. Same thing, right? Ed, in my example, did not need a playbook on how to become healthier. He didn't need the tactical how. When he tapped into the deeper why, you figure out the how. And so when I coach others, and many folks that know my background, they know I was called the why coach at the San Francisco 49ers. That was a total passion project on top of my day job, which was head of sales and biz dev and helping the team open up a new billion dollar stadium and crushing goals and all that great stuff. But what I found after I found my own why, I felt like I had to pay that gift of purpose forward. Let me quickly explain. I think this will be valuable to our audience, the difference between why and purpose. This is my view and this is how I coach it. And also my perspective has shifted over the past few years because I used to think it was only a why game. And I now realize that why is merely the kickoff. So the challenge is many of us think about, for one, we interchangeably use the words why and purpose. I think that's a potential mistake there. Also, let's combine them for sake of this comment. I think most of us think of why and or purpose as this North Star. And the challenge with that is how do I apply that North Star on Monday morning? The how, the implementation, the activation of the how, it's very difficult to do. I struggled after going to a transformational workshop when I was at the Niners. It's a workshop that changed my life. It's a workshop that led to my Jerry Maguire-like leap out of the sports industry. It's a workshop that opened my eyes to graduate from career to calling. But, but I did not know how to apply my why on Monday morning. What got me closer to it, the how of the why turned out to be my core values. Because core values, things like courage, things like impact, things like belief, things like growth, things like authenticity, those are my core five values. I can develop some action statements, some I will commitments. I can put pen to paper on those five words and say, how can I show up with the value of courage on Monday and then on Tuesday and then on Wednesday? Sometimes it's a conversation that could be challenging with a coworker. Sometimes it could be uh, something you need to talk to your partner about. And it takes a little courage because you're afraid of whatever the topic is. Or maybe it's, how about this? When I decided to bet on myself and become an entrepreneur, which many entrepreneurs are probably listening to this, that's a courageous conversation that you need to have with the people that surround you to be like, hey, how does this land with you? Like, are we going to be all right? Like, this is kind of the bigger purpose and mission, but how are you feeling about it? That's courage, right? It's not courage to run into a battlefield, but that also like, let's save some of those and just say, what's applicable to everybody listening in right now in a normal home, in a normal boardroom, in a normal setting. And so getting back to the why versus purpose, I think why, which we're going to share a resource for every single person listening right now to find your why in five minutes. And that is the anchor that kicks off this life of purpose. So for me, why is the kickoff to the game? Purpose is a 365 lifestyle. It's how you put your why into action. Values are the fuel that color the journey. And so from why to purpose to values, the end game from my lens is impact. Are you making a difference that matters? Do you feel meaning in every day? Because that's a life worth living. That's inner success. 
that's fulfillment. And just like Tony Robbins said, success without fulfillment is failure. And I fully subscribe to that because I have had a kick-ass LinkedIn profile. I've got all the trophies and I felt like shit on the inside. But then when I converted from this success to significance mindset, that's when I started to transform from the inside out. It, it's so good. Um, and you took me right where I wanted to go with this. Your own personal transformation. You know, that image, if you will, from the outside looking in of who Paul Epstein was years ago, NFL, NBA executive, the Y guy out there with the field pass, you know, like the whole, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see it and we, and we buy into this. I mean, we're also living in a, we're living in a compare and contrast and an assumption and judgment filled world. You know, mm. again, LinkedIn, social, everything, money's world looks perfect. And as you just, you know, uh, so vulnerably and transparently shared, you can have it all look like you have it all <laughs> the job, the career that other people want. You probably got, you know, email blowing up and resumes dropped on your desk. Oh, and totally, man. I was and living in dreamland, right? Yep. And you're again, unfulfilled, unsatisfied, operating potentially inauthentically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how do you, again, make the decision, the tipping point? Okay, now I'm into, into the how, okay, of yeah. I am going to leave this mm-hmm, to go follow my, my calling, what I am drawn to do, and walk us through a little bit of the, of the prep, you know, for that. Walk yep. us through the Again, just again, I talk about six hours again, family and, and fitness and particularly finance. Like you're going to be leaving a paying job. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Paying job, benefits, high profile identity, Paul from the 49ers, Paul from the NBA, Paul <laughs> from wherever. I'm guilty of this too in my prior, prior life. So you got identity, identity. You've got authenticity, you've got financial ramifications, you've got risk with no guarantee of reward, but then you've got this calling, you've got all of this in the bucket, right? Walk us through what you have been able to do, because seriously, man, like it's kind of mind blowing. And I know how many guys are out there sitting in their offices right now or at home or wherever going, I want to go from here to here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really, I do. I want, or I even just want to understand the decision making process or thought process that somebody who's done this. Okay. Yeah. You know, we don't get a chance to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. And we need to because the amount of introspection that goes into this, like there is no, just like there is no overnight success story in business. There is no overnight transformation as people in life. There are steps and I'm going to walk through some of those steps in my path. Cause it may be helpful to hopefully inspire and educate and transform others because I'm no better. I just happen to have taken some steps. And now here's where it started, Greg. And you, you called out one potential danger, which is tying your identity to what you do. That's a very dangerous path because, all right, I was the business guy in the NFL. What if I was the player? And what if my career is thriving? And year four, year five, I'm kicking ass as a running back and somebody blows out my knee and my career is done. If all I tied to my identity is football player, what do I have left? Questions like, who am I? And where do I go from here? Like you can see how stuck you can get and how life can, from a mental health perspective, it can spiral out of control if you tie your identity solely to what you do versus tie your identity to who you are, tie your identity to who you want to become and what's the price you're willing to get there? What is the price And what are the stakes and what are the steps to go from current state to optimal future state? Because it ain't easy. And by the way, folks, purpose is the hard road. You know what the easy road is? I'm not telling you it's a happy road. I'm not telling you it's a fulfilling road. I'm not telling you it's the road you should choose. But to stay on the treadmill you're on is easy. It's easy because you don't need to change. 
You just need to stay in the hamster wheel. You need to stay in the rat race, whatever other metaphor I want to use. That ain't great, but it's easier. Purpose requires discipline. Purpose requires you to become a part of something bigger than yourself. Purpose becomes a commitment, just like a health uh, commitment, right? This is not a diet. This is a lifestyle. Purpose is a lifestyle. And lifestyle, the early stages of that pivot are really difficult. So getting into my story here, I have a coach that changed my life. Her name is Sue Ann. She was my coach during my executive MBA at the University of Michigan. So we had a sit down and she says, Paul, I know what you do, which at the time was head of sales and biz dev for the San Francisco 49ers. She says, what do you love about it? What do you hate about it? And what do you tolerate? And I answered all three. And then she said, go deeper on that love bucket. I said, all right, Sue Ann, well, I love being a coach just like you. I love molding and growing and developing talent. I love believing in people more than they believe in themselves. Like I'm the culture guy. I'm the people guy. And she said, awesome. On a good day, what percentage of your time are you doing that? And I said, oh, shit. I started to slouch in my chair and I plussed it up for my ego. I told her 20. The reality was probably 10%. I was just stuck in... Uh, strategy sessions and meetings to talk about meetings and administrative bullshit. And that was 90% of my day. And 10% was the people side, the side that lit me up. And then she said, Paul, if I was to wave a wand and you became your boss tomorrow, would that number of 20 go up, down, or sideways? And I said, my boss does even more strategy, less people. Same with my boss's boss, which was a team president. And she said, so what are you after? And that simple question had such profound meaning to me because it got me to think about what I did through a very different lens. You see, I love the sports industry. I thought I was never going to leave it. I love the 49ers. I love the leadership. I love the culture. But I fell out of love with what I did every day. And so the cover of the book being sexy, it's like, a supermodel, but you sit down at a dinner table and you can't even have a conversation because you have nothing in common. After a while, is she really hot or does it fade? And so nothing was wrong with the supermodel. I just couldn't have a conversation with my job anymore. And so when you go through that tension and that pain and that process, I mentally knew after that conversation, I was going to leave sports. I didn't know when, I didn't know where to, I started to obsess about what would it look like to take this to the outside world, Jerry Maguire leap. And I didn't know where to start. So I came back to the same playbook that has served me ever since then. And this is why I believe in being a why coach, because I'm all about putting your purpose in action. And the way to get to action, as I mentioned earlier, is values. So my top value, Greg, is impact. So I asked myself this question, can I create more impact inside of the walls of this industry or beyond? Can I create more impact at the 49ers or outside of the 49? And when you put it in that context, it ain't even close. It made the decision one of the easiest decisions of my life because I was being authentic to my strongest core value which is impact and making a difference. And I wasn't making a difference in 10 to 20% of my time with that. So I basically said, I don't know if feeling alive 100% of every day is possible, but I'm going to die trying. I made a commitment to chase the 100 and to chase the feeling of feeling alive. And when you do that, man, like there's no finish line. And so tactically, I then said, so what did I do then? I discovered this is how life starts to reward you when you grab your you-know-what and you just step in each day. I literally was at a workshop a few weeks after this coaching conversation, and it was the same group. That, it was a continuation of the why exercise, but this is like a year later. And so it's a leadership development and culture transformation type of a workshop. And in one of the coffee breaks, I ran up to somebody, the facilitator who I was very close with. And I said, hey, 
dude, I had this awesome conversation with my coach, Sue Ann. Let me tell you all about it. She said, love, hate, tolerate, man. I figured out 10 to 20% and I'm like, man, I want to feel alive. And <laughs> he said, this is so, so cool that this happened. He said, well, Paul, you know that we, we being the leadership institute he was a part of, you know that we rave about you to almost every single client we have. Like we do work with the Navy SEALs. We do work with all these fortune hundreds and like, you're Paul at the Niners. Like so many people in our circle know who you are because if we had students, you would be like student of the freaking year, right? Like I just ooze the stuff that they were talking about, this leadership and culture and purpose-driven work. And basically he just said, you know, after hearing what you talked about with your coach, what would you think of joining our crazy family? What would you think of having a seat on this bus and inspiring the same impact that you did with those folks at the Niners? And I was like, holy shit, man. It was like, <laughs> it was like somebody, just a higher spirit, man, just dropped that conversation in my life. And that's what led to me joining the team uh, for, it was about a two year run with them. It was an awesome run, but that's when the Jerry Maguire leap, I was able to connect the dots and uh, transition out of sports. The Midlife Mail podcast would not be possible without the support of some incredible brand partners. I only recommend brands I use, believe in, and trust. And each brand was handpicked by me for a specific reason. I believe in these guys, not just because they're great companies with great people behind them, but because the stuff works. I use these to stay at my peak and I suggest you do too. So go over to midlifemail.com and click on special offers for exclusive Midlife Mail discounts and promotions. Take me through the last piece of this that I really want to touch on. Um, I mean, because I know now so much more about, about you, you know, and by the way, you guys are also going to hear a conversation between Paul and I on playmakers, his podcast yeah. okay, from, from the other side. So you put these things together and you probably can, uh, you know, piece together a few different sides of, of, you know, our conversation, our communication and how we kind of perceive, um, things and and where we're similar and where we take some different angles to things. But what I think is also really cool about this and that I want to hear a little bit is you've also been very good with relationships mm -hmm. Oh yeah, um, and working in different sizes of organizations too. I want to hear, cause I, I have not had graceful exits. <laughs> like this is something that I have really, really, really struggled with. Okay. Mm. Whether it's, you know, burning bridges, whether it's aggression, mm. whether it's narcissism, whether it's ego, you know, whether it's fear of having that tougher conversation, you know, mm -hmm, and that transition, mm -hmm. um, you go into work okay, at some point, you've got to say, Hey guys, I'm not coming here anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally, like, dude. Totally. It can get awkward here, sometimes. Yeah. Right? I'm not coming here to this big organization, okay, that has everything, you know, to it, so to speak. And I'm going to go do this thing on my own mm -hmm, that's scary and, and conceivably lonely, you know? So you go from being surrounded and being part of a whole tribe, you talk about tribe, to I'm going to be feeling a little bit like I'm on an island. I know I got invited into this other thing, but it's brand yeah. new. How does, as, as awesome as it feels to be welcomed in to the new tribe and the new thing, yeah. how does it feel to step out of the other, you know, warm, fuzzy coat team tribe? What everybody expects me to do is just work my way up here, you know? Because as you said, that's easy. Yeah. All right. So I, I love this, man. I, a couple of thoughts and I'll come back to the relationship piece because what I didn't share was what led to the Niners and without relationships, I don't make all of my geographic moves from LA, New Orleans, Sacramento, Jersey, New York, then the Bay. That's a relationship carpet ride. And I'm going to come right back to it. But I'll tell you something that I didn't put a bow on with the story before is you got to ask yourself when you're at this critical juncture in business or life, you're, you're facing a massive decision like I was like to stay the course and do the comfortable thing and stay with the supermodel and nothing was broke. So I had nothing to fix. But then again, maybe I was the broken one. Maybe my, my identity was a little broken because I wasn't being true to my purpose or my core values. And that's that tension that I felt, right? But you got to ask yourself, if you're listening to this right now, you're going to face a tough decision today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, it's going to happen. Ask yourself this, 
Am I running away from something or am I running towards something? Ask yourself that. Be brutally honest with yourself because I would not have taken that leap unless I was more inspired and energized to be running toward something than whatever energy I felt on the inside of what I was running away from. So you've got to be just, that's where I want to kind of leave that thought. Now, relationships. I go from LA, New Orleans, Sacramento, Jersey, New York, San Francisco. All right. You know those interviews, Greg, where they say, don't throw up on yourself, <laughs> right? So I'll tell you, I most of that carpet ride, LA to New Orleans was the only interview that I actually had to compete on purely merit, no relationship, made the best person win based on resume, based on references, all the traditional stuff. But then... I met people in New Orleans. The owner of the team came down with cancer, unfortunately, and so had to give up daily operation of the team. The NBA had a group called Teambo, which is team marketing and business operations. The now late commissioner, David Stern, uh, sends his army down there to basically say, fix this. They are the least economically viable franchise in our league. Holy shit. We got to get to this big mark and quota to save the team from relocation. And I will go in too many weeds to get into that story. But needless to say... I built relationships without keeping score with these folks in the NBA that I never other otherwise would have had access to. And then one of them goes and does their consulting work with the Kings, Sacramento, realizes they got some problems out there. The NBA was also transitioning into an NBA lockout. They know me as the culture guy. So he said, Paul, you want to come to Sacktown? Yep. I followed the person. I followed the opportunity. I wasn't afraid of walking through fire. And so that led to that. Then a different person from the NBA shows up at a global agency owned by the Yankees and Cowboys. That's, and they were based in New York at the time. That's why I went to that part of the world. And that ends up leading me to the league office. We break a Super Bowl revenue record. That turns some heads. And again, somebody from that agency was now the COO of the Niners and said, Paul, you want to come help us open up Levi Stadium? We got a billion-dollar goal. We know you're the revenue guy. We know you're the kind of guy that can inspire and rally a group of 50, 100, 200 sellers to accomplish the unthinkable. And so they created a position for me. All those things, Greg, was relationship. If I don't go to New Orleans and strike those relationships, the rest of that journey, I don't know what story I'm telling you right now. I honestly don't. And it just really taught me, and maybe the last piece I'll share on relationship, and this is super important, I sucked at it at one point. Um, my first management job, I definitely think manager and leader are two different things. I was an inside sales manager at the LA Clippers. So this is before everything I just shared. And there was one guy on my team. It was about a 12-person team. His name was Eddie. Eddie was older than me. He was the only guy older. And I looked up to him, even though he technically reported to me. I kid you not, I learned way more from Eddie than he could have ever learned from me. He had already been a business owner. Now he got the blessing to go make $7 an hour and break into sports and you know the same type of leap that I took from a six-figure Fortune 10 job. But anyways, I'm inside sales manager. Me and Eddie go out to eat. And I said, Eddie, I'm super confused, bro. I look around the room. I see a bunch of talent, but the scoreboard doesn't reflect that. What's going on? And he says, well, what are we doing right now? So I don't know, man. We're having lunch. He goes, all right. Is it fair to say we're breaking bread? Yeah. And Eddie said, when's the last time you broke bread with anybody else on your team? I was like, fuck. You know, like it was just one of those things where it seems so obvious. But Greg, here's the reality. And I'm not passing the buck to anybody, but I wasn't managed with care or compassion. Like I was brought in in like a sink or swim, shark eat shark type of a mindset. So for me, Paul doesn't need love or care. Like this is my ego talking. I didn't need that, okay? And so I managed my team like they were clones of me. And I'm like, well, surely this worked for Paul, so it's gonna work for them. It's bullshit. It's a totally flawed way of thinking. What the reality is, is until I built relationships with my team, I would be a very ineffective leader. And my closing point on this is I think there's a way better way to lead than the golden rule, which is treat others. And we've all heard this. 
treat others as you want to be treated. It doesn't work. And here's why. That assumes that the same things that get you out of bed get other people out of bed. You're not speaking their love language if you are focused on you versus the platinum rule is treat others as they want to be treated. And Eddie helped me discover the power of the platinum rule. So from the pits of being a shitty relationship builder to having that aha moment, thanks to Eddie, to stepping into the best version of myself to then meeting those folks at the NBA, you now see this through line of relationships to build a career that you want. Mm. What I love about this at the crux of it also is that you humanize everything. And the reason I wanted to dive into your, your personal story also is because I think it adds so much credibility and so much value to the message that you convey on stage, you know, again, when you speak and when you get into the problems you're trying to solve mm-hmm, yeah. and the benefits of those problems. Okay. Well, who's delivering the message? Mm-hmm. And that's what, to me, has so much values when, okay, when Paul Epstein delivers the message, when I know about Paul, when I know about the chef who cooks my food, going back to your Breaking Bread reference, when I know the story of the trainer, the new, whatever that person is, you know, the wealth manager, we talk about all of these people that you may need on your team or to have you know, in there, the food tastes better, okay? The message <laughs> comes across better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm probably motivated to work out a little bit harder, you know, like, because now we have trust, we have understanding, we have credibility, we have all of these things that, that are in there to that effect. I want to turn even a couple of my, my F's over to you for a okay. second, you know, yeah. here, because on top of the transformation on top of the best-selling author, on top of the resume, you can go back to the top of the show and hear the list, okay? And you're <laughs> on there. You're also husband, father, human mm. being. You told me a story about being in New York, you know, in the suit and going to meet these guys in New York and they look like a million dollars and they're fit and you're feeling, hey, I'm shit, man. Like, again, I'm, I'm a little out of shape now and I'm not doing it, yeah. you know, and- you're like, we're human at the same time. And we talked yeah. about balance being bullshit and prioritization, but it all it's all connected and it all adds up. Can you be at the top of your game professionally? I'm going to turn that up. Can you be at the top of your game financially? Does, can you be at the top of your game kind of physically, you know, in there and spending enough time with your with your spouse and your kid and how you view like your life portfolio we've talked about, and and they're the same F's or different F's more or less, you know, in there, I'd love for you to touch on that a little bit, because I want people to also realize we're juggling, wrestling, struggling, and trying to kind of, you know, balance again, if you our own life portfolio, no different than you guys are out there too. Yeah, man, this is so good. And I'm stoked to as you were asking the question, I was thinking about, huh, how do I want to respond to this? <laughs> which is great, man, which is great. You're taking me to a new place because I'm probably going to say something in this podcast that I've never said in any other interview or podcast or media appearance ever. And it's not because I'm afraid of saying it. I think your brilliant question and also kudos to your 6F framework that it got me thinking with specificity around different compartmentalizations of life. You see how I struggle with five-syllable words there. Okay, so let me say, at my heart, at a year F's, I'm a family and fun guy. Like, fuck, dude, if I can light up those two torches, man, like I am just beaming, right? Now, the finance one is interesting. I'm going to come back to family and fun because I have some great perspective there. Uh, The finance one, I'm not, not economically driven at all. Literally, like if you took away every bill I ever had to pay, I would do what I did for free. I, I, I'm in my calling. Even when I worked in sports, I don't care if you pay me. I'm not, I, I have zero ego or uh, anything about money. I think it leads to resources and it leads to access and it leads to experiences so I can have more fun with my family. Otherwise, I don't give a shit about money. I really don't. So the finance one is interesting. I would replace that one with just work. And when you say work, I haven't had a job for decades. I had a career for decades and I now have a calling. And so I just replace finance with like, man, that 
the, the people I'm trying to impact and, and the people I'm trying to help and the problems I'm trying to solve, all that. So family and fun. Here's the beauty. I remember back to, so cool backstory. My wife and I got married on the field of Levi Stadium. And before I go on, I will tell all of your listeners, it was 100% her idea. <laughs> so if you don't believe me, would you really want to get married at your office? Like, I know I happen to work at an NFL stadium, but it's still my freaking work, right? So um, she, she basically said, look, we struck out. We're both a proud Mexican descent, even though you can't tell by the last name of Epstein. She's full Mexican. Uh, my mom is as well. And we, we struck out on all these Napa, Sonoma, wine country venues. And I was in charge of private catered events at the stadium. And she says, hey, so y'all do events at the stadium. And I was like, where are you going with this? And in typical fashion, I got outvoted one to one. Okay. And so there you go. We get married on the field. The reason I bring this up, I remember the wedding vows, not necessarily in the ceremony, more the speech at the reception. And her name is Myra. I said, being with Myra is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Like they say relationships are hard. I disagree. Like I, I, Best friend is an understatement, rock, spirit. Like she completes me. She makes me who I am today. And she's never asked me to change 1%. And I would hope that she would say the same about me. And it truly is easy, man. And I was very intentional um, with who I would eventually call the one. She's a bigger, I mean, not bigger. She's an equal football fan as me. And that, I know it sounds like surface-based. It's not. Sports are so meaningful to me. Like they're a part of who I am. Uh, they remind me of my late father and uh, the, the classic throwing a ball in a backyard. They, they remind me of my happy places as a kid, of my parents taking me to sporting events when we couldn't afford the Lakers, but we went to watch a shitty Clippers game in the LA sports arena. And we sneak from the top level to the bottom level and the dream team in Barcelona. And I'm watching Michael Jordan from 10 feet away. And he's like this icon and this hero. Like I remember like it was yesterday. So I don't think that's rare for me relative to your audience in terms of loving sports, but I'll say something I've never said. I don't know if I could be with a, the one if she didn't like sports. Like, you may say that. No, like, you may be like, that's stupid. No, it's me and it's Myra. And that's why we finish each other's sentences, right? Like, you got to understand what's most important to you, surface or not. And I'm proud that I had that non-negotiable and I found me a football fan and I found me the one. And that's why family is so important. And now we have a one-year-old and PJ and it was hard, man. I, you know, like in the sense of you read all the Hallmark cards <laughs> and everyone tells you the magic and I'll be honest, I see and I feel the magic now, but man, the first handful of months, there was a transition period, right? Like you love your life as it is. And now a major change happens. And sometimes we don't process that in 24 hours. So in my case, there were a handful of months of like, all right, so when's the magic going to come? When's that fatherly feel? Like when's, man, everyone's been telling me about this. And here's something I'm so stoked to be able to share this publicly with you, man, because I thought, I thought to myself, am I a bad person? Like, am I, because I don't feel the magic right away? Like what's going on here? So I reached out to my closest circle of friends, guys that had kids before me. And I said, Hey, I'm feeling a certain type of way. Can I share? And you know, of course we're brothers. And so they said, yes. And it's crazy, Greg, almost everyone, all but one said me too. Me too. I went through that same mental process and you know and it, it felt so comforting man it felt so comforting to have these friends and my and the juice of family and i'm so stoked now to be a dad like i'm so happy i went through some muddy waters to get to this place and i just want to have fun with them th for the rest of my life man so if serving my calling fuels family and fun i'm a happy camper 
as you're saying this, you're talking about calling on friends, your inner circle, yeah, having somebody there that completes you know you. These are yeah. all wonderful things, and you've experienced loss in your life. We've talked about this: the loss of your father, similar age that I mm-hmm. have. We didn't know that about each other when we met. We just kind of organically discovered that you know about about one another. Um, and now with this calling of of what you do in putting yourself out there. Um, And really also what I love to do, let's speak a little bit to the guys I know. And you, you work with, with companies, you work with men, you work with women, you work with all different age, right? Let's clear that. You know, I stay kind of in my lane, you know, there, (laughs) but but let's talk to those guys, or at least for the purpose of, of this platform right now, Mm -hmm. who don't have that. And there are a lot of us out there that, mm. that don't, you know, they, they don't have that inner circle or tight group of friends that they feel comfortable or vulnerable or, or okay yeah. with, with confiding in, or they don't have, you know, that partner, you know, maybe they're single, maybe they're divorced. Okay. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they're married. Mm-hmm. And it's not the right one. Like, you know what I mean? Now we're in year 15, year 20. We all know those guys too. Okay. My phone is rung in the other direction, you know, there. Um, Did I want that group, that population to Mm -hmm. also understand that there are options and opportunities out there for you to also step outside yourself, to have people there for, for you to learn from, again, for you to listen to or hear wherever you get your your material from, you know? Yeah. I'd yeah. love for you to talk to that a little bit because it's a lot of what, you, again, you do, a lot of what we're trying to do, but I didn't have a coach, you know, for like, you know, the first, quite frankly, the first 45 years of my life, you know? <laughs> coach, therapist, like go down the list of, of, you know, things that you were reluctant to do, or I don't do that because I have all the answers. I know everything, you know, or really like we could talk to our friends about that kind of stuff. Not the kind of friends I had, you know, for a while. <laughs> totally. or we share this with our wives, not the kind of relationship I know about, you know, we don't, yeah. we protect and we insulate and we keep them away from all of that stuff. So I'd love your take on, you know, on that because you do it gracefully. You speak about it as if it's natural. And for, and for a lot of us, myself included, it's very hard. Totally. Yeah. I'm happy to explore some of these really difficult conversations because this is real. I, I don't want to make my life sound like a fairy tale either. I know I just uh, made Myra and I sound like, you know, just like there was destiny and all this, like, look, man, like whether, whether losing my dad at 19, whether just having every single door slammed in my face, whether uh, being broke at certain times, whether selling what ESPN or sports illustrated calls the worst brand in sports and, and having your career on the line. If you don't like, I'll just say, I am where I am today because of the fires I've walked through. So just to put that out there that like for all the folks listening in to say, maybe I don't have that relationship. Maybe I don't have that circle of friends. Paul has also walked through fires. Our fires may just be different. The most important thing is how are we resilient enough to be able to harness and grow from those fires? So now let me tactically share some thoughts on your relationship oriented questions. I'll go in reverse order. I'll start with partner and Maybe you don't, you're not with the one or you're single or whatever it is. And I'll start there and then I'll go to friends and I have some thoughts on both. On the relationship side, what I shared, and it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. (laughs) It's easy for me to tell you the story of, well, I had a process and I said, there's a couple things in life and one is sports. And if I don't find somebody with sports, look, my story has a happy ending. That said, Here's the advice I would share out. Minimalism, focus on a couple of non-negotiables that you absolutely consider to be characteristics, traits, or attributes that if your potential partner does not have, it's a walk away. You have them. Maybe you haven't exercised them, but you have them. So for me, there would have to be, on the surface, sports, sure. On the inside of the woman of my dreams, before I knew that there was a woman of my dreams, 
I would not settle for anybody that lacks authenticity. I need somebody to be brutally real, like brutally real. And I found that. Another type of thing is I don't deal with victims. I uh, like I don't have time or energy. I'll coach somebody through a session to overcome a victim mindset. But if you're consistently just being a victim, I, I can't. And so I need positivity, not fake positivity. I need somebody that feels like, hey, man, we're going to figure this shit out. And oh, you want to start a business? All right. I bet on you. How are you going to do it? I'm in. Like, I need some courage. I need some authenticity. I need some positivity. Interestingly, Greg, most of the things I've just talked about are some of my core values. So the first step is, for everyone listening, understand what your core values are. Understand how the closest people in your life, regardless of what hat, professional, personal, any walk of life, how would they describe you in a word and gather enough data points and look for common themes and say, holy shit, people consider me, I'm the energy guy. I'm the positive guy. If those are my superpowers, I, I want to be attracted. What if I could find somebody with the same superpowers? And so now I'm thinking less about height, weight, race, all these things that are like, it's like, oh, maybe I prefer blonde. I prefer brunette. Who gives a shit? I want a person of positivity of, you know, and that's kind of, you focus on the who over what. I don't care if my wife happens to be an attorney. I would love her the same if she didn't work. I would love her the same if she was a teacher. I don't care. I just don't. That was not on my short list. So what's your short list? Start with who you are and your short list and go attract the same. That would be one piece. On the friend side, on the, let's call it a social circle, whatever, you got to ask yourself, what am I in a healthy way obsessed about? So for me, my answer would be personal growth, personal development. I've reframed it to be personal mastery. I believe that the most valuable master's degree is the one that you could have in mastering yourself. So awareness, uh, self-awareness, ownership, intention, just all those things. That's that EQ game that I think separates uh, whether men or other from the rest of the pack, right? So my thing is, if I don't have a tribe of like-minded, personal, mastery-obsessed mofos, then where do I go? Well, there's events, there's conferences, there's summits, there are webinars, there are books, there are, like, how do I tap into those communities that already exist where we have a like mind and a like heart? And now I need to take those steps. Um, they're not going to find me. I got to play offense and go find them. And once I immerse myself, immerse in these communities, in these tribes, and it may be a little awkward. Oh, but I'm an introvert. And Paul, I, I, I don't speak like you. I don't, I'm not a networker. I don't have the gift to get cool, dude, like all good. But what I do know is even as an introvert, you can play offense. You can play offense and you can go find like-minded and like-hearted people. You don't need to be the life of the party. You don't need to grab the mic. You don't need to get drunk because everyone else gets drunk. You don't need to stay up till two in the morning if you don't want to. Like, that's on you. What you do need to do is surround yourself with those people because if you don't have that inner circle, then you need to go build it. And that's just one way that you can build it. Start by knowing what you are healthily obsessed about and go find a like-minded, like-hearted tribe. And if it costs a couple bucks, so be it. Or it, maybe it's free and that's fine too. But go make it happen because it ain't going to find you. There it is. What this also brings full circle to right back to the beginning is the why assessment right there. It's the why because it does start with you, where that purpose is, what your why is. It comes back to, to who you are, knowing who you are. Somebody that you said earlier about knowing what's most important is what's most important there. And it is not selfish at all to put yourself first. We have now said this a number of times. I've said this a number of times. I'll keep saying it. It's actually one of the most selfless things that you can do overall. You want your relationships to be successful. You want your marriage to be successful. You want your career to be successful. You want your children to be successful. How do all of those things happen? Well, if you are successful and you are authentic, 
and you are operating that way and you know what's important to you, you're going to be surrounding yourself with those types of individuals, those types of relationships also that fill your tank rather than empty it. You're all going to continue to level up. It's when you compromise. It's when you are not authentic. It's when you make unnecessary, I think, sacrifices that are in there. You don't have the right boundaries from there. We think, oh, I should give there or I should not. You may be better off. So we got to take one for the team to use, you know, now I'm back into the sports world in there. Maybe you don't, you know, also. So what I really like about this is that it takes it full circle, Paul, back into that to that why assessment um, and to understanding the why. And you are the why guy, the purpose guy, you know, that's there. And it's so good. So tell us as we, as we wrap this up now, you know, how do people find you, get into everything that you're up to, hear more from you, maybe get that why assessment, get started yeah, for sure. on, on this because that that's the first step, you know, the Paul Epstein uh- approach. Hundred percent, and I appreciate the platform and opportunity to share all this. So, website paulepsteinspeaks.com. That's also Paul Epstein Speaks is my handle on Instagram. Follow me there. Follow me on LinkedIn. Awesome stuff. Uh, also, I'll, I'll let Greg kind of share, but there's going to be some cool Greg and Paul, maybe one two punch <laughs> type of things that that we uh, collaborate on because it definitely feels like it's an early relationship, but one of those brother from another mother type of feelings. And and so we're just being true to ourselves on the why assessment. It's five minutes. I covered the investment, so it's free to you. And there's two ways to get it. You could text my community line. Text number is 310-564-7857. I'll repeat that. 310-564-7857. Just text the word why to that and you will get the assessment right back. And if you just really want to dive straight in, whyinstitute.com slash purpose. I'm sure we'll put it in the show notes. That's a custom link that you could just dive in. And very important here, folks, this not only is going to give you your why, it's going to email you a bunch of free resources on the back end on how you can put it to work, how you can apply it, how you can blend it into your business, into if you're a parent, uh, into your life. Like, what are the challenges of your why? What are the opportunities of your why? It's a treasure trove of resources because your why is not enough. It is a starting point to living your life on purpose and you're five minutes away from being on the other side of that kickoff. Guys, I've taken it. I highly recommend it. I loved receiving it. It was spot on, like eerily, like weirdly, like spot on, <laughs> like how, how these things are done. Um, so I think you will get a lot out of it. Highly recommend you doing it. We are working, as Paul alluded to there, we are working on bringing you something I think really unique, something really special together, something that's also new for the both of us, um, but yet it taps into our experiences as, as writers, as coaches, um, as speakers, you know, as, as guys that have been on this journey. You just heard Paul's story, you know, going, going deep there that have been on this journey and were there with you. Um, the opportunity to kind of spearhead a group coaching platform you know, online for men out there that want to gain access to guys like Paul and guys like me mm-hmm. and work with like-minded other guys on living this life that that you deserve. Answering a lot of these questions, going from questions to answers, going from why and purpose into the how and look back and forth, quite frankly, of the, of the benefits that happen when you, when you invest in yourself and you take on this kind of work and the problems that we're all trying to solve, you know, there. So we're excited to be bringing you that. You'll get a lot more information on that in the next couple of weeks as well. And I think it's the beginning of something that will be, be the beginning of something. Um, and, and we're all out there again, just trying to do better and learn more um, and help as many people as we possibly can. Guys, you know where to find Paul Epstein right now. He has given you that. It'll all, as he said, be in the show notes. It'll all be available to you. If you like what you have heard on the Midwife Mail podcast, please give us the five-star rating. Leave us the good review. Share it with your friends and family. Keep the movement growing. And again, Paul, my friend, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So appreciate you, brother. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the work with me page to explore options. 
Freedom is all about choices, and while there is only one Jeep brand, you have the freedom to choose from an epic lineup of Jeep brand vehicles. Hit the trails with a versatile classic, the Jeep Gladiator, or experience the wild in style with the sophistication and comfort of the Jeep Grand Cherokee or Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Looking for a more immersive experience? Let nature come to you in the open-air Jeep Wrangler or Jeep Wrangler 4xE, America's best-selling plug-in hybrid. Whatever you choose, adventure is just one drive away. Visit Jeep.com for details. Based on 2022 CYQ4 sales, GD Power retail sales data, Jeep is a registered trademark.